بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد عن عمران بن حسين رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الحياء لا يأتي إلا بخير متفق عليه وفي رواية لمسلم الحياء خير كله أو قال الحياء كله خير Continuing with the chapter which deals with the importance of inculcating within ourselves haya or what we call shame and modesty. As we mentioned yesterday, this environment of behayai and shamelessness in which we are living, wherein there is a very concerted and real attempt to break down the barriers which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has through his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us with the importance of lowering the gaze, the importance of ensuring that there is no intermingling between males and females etc. We find that we are in an era or a period wherein the enemies of Islam forces of batil, etc. Not only are they making this attempt to break down these barriers, but there is a very, very real attempt to make this halal and make this permissible. We find that based on that incident which we mentioned yesterday, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned one very, very important usul and principle. That ra'aytu ghulaman Shabban wajariyatun wajariyatun shabbatan fakhashitu an yadkhula baynahuma shaitan. And on the one side was a young man and the other side was a young woman. Allah's Rasul sallallahu said that if I had not done what I had done to practically avert the gaze of Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he said I feared that shaitan would enter in between them. Another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, No man enters into solitude, is alone with a strange woman. Except that shaitan will be the third one amongst them. We are given these rules, these principles of shariat, protecting one's gaze, ensuring segregation between males and females. The riwayat of Tirmizi Sharif, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, He said, it is better that a nail be taken and hammered into your head. It is better that a nail be taken and hammered into your head than you touching a woman who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made haram for you. Yet, these rules or principles of shariat are there for our protection, the protection of our chastity, the protection of our deen, the inculcating of haya and shame and modesty within us. And we see from all these ahadith that haya is part of iman. Without haya there is no iman. Al-haya wal-imanu qurana wa jami'a. Nabi Islam said these are two inseparable entities. If the one is not there, the other one will never ever be there. If there is no haya, there is no iman. So these principles of shariat are there for our protection. And they're there to safeguard and protect our iman. 
the very essence of our deen. We are living, as I mentioned, in a culture where there is a concerted attempt to break down these barriers. There's one incident mentioned by one contemporary author, or when I use the word contemporary, we may call it the modernist author, somebody by the name of Ushfaq Ahmad from Pakistan. He writes in his autobiography that once I was visiting a park in England, Birmingham particularly, said I was sitting on the bench with my wife. This was somebody we may call a modernist. But the seed of Iman and Deen was there. So he mentions this Karguzari or this report back that he says, I saw a Jamaat, it was a pedal Jamaat, Jamaat that's walking in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were making uh, Zohar Salah in the park, in Jamaat. So this was not something that obviously the Europeans would be accustomed to. So this piqued the curiosity of a few young European girls, teenagers. So they formed a group and they approached the Amir of this Jamaat, a youngster who had been leading the Salah. So the Sushfaq Ahmad was relating this incident. He says to his wife that when I saw what was happening, I said to my wife that, you know, there's something very interesting. Let's go closer over here what they have to say and maybe... Obviously, these youngsters may need some form of translation because obviously they may not know English. Pakistani youngsters out in Jamaat, simple people. So he says, when I, out of curiosity, I went closer to overhear the conversation and to see if I was needed to translate. So he says, this young European girl, she approached the Amir of this Jamaat, a young man, and she said to him that, what were you people doing? So apparently he knew English. So he responded and he said that uh, we were praying. So she said that it's not Sunday, how come you people are praying? So he said, we pray five times every day. So this girl was, or these girls were very surprised by this response. Five times every day, how do you pray so much? So they responded and said that, that Allah our Creator who feeds us, sustains us, showers His bounties upon us 24 hours of every second of every hour of every day. What is the problem if we show our thanks and our gratitude to Him five times a day? Along those lines, they asked a few questions about Islam and they were very, very impressed and affected by the response that this youngster gave. At the end of the conversation, the point of the incident which Ushfaq Ahmad mentions, in keeping with their culture and their understand, understanding, she extended her hands. In other words, thank you very much. I appreciate the time you've given me. Let's shake hands. So this youngster refused to put forward his hands and shake hands with her. So she immediately became very, very profusely apologetic that please forgive me. Have I insulted you? Have I done anything wrong? So he said, no, no, no. You haven't done anything wrong. But... I cannot reciprocate your gesture, I cannot shake your hands, because this touch of mine, this touch of mine is an amanat, a trust that has been reserved only for my halal wife. So Ushfaq Ahmad writes that when these young girls heard this response, they burst into tears and they said, if only, if only our Creator would give us partners, like how your wife has a partner. So on this, in the commentary of this, 
he writes, he says, today that dawat and that invitation towards Islam has taken place that if volumes was written, it would not do justice to the extent of dawat of Islam that has taken place. Unfortunately, today when it comes to our culture, the culture of Islam, the culture of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as Muslims we have become apologetic and we try to put this angle and that angle, even those that are practicing upon thee. Yet, batil, there is a concerted drive in the, under the so-called guise of gender equality, under the so-called guise of uh, maintaining female rights or establishing proper conduct, etc., where to break down all these barriers. Allah has given the male a role and has given the female a role. We can never equate these two roles. The male of the role is out, the role of the male is outside the house. The role of the female is she is the queen inside the house. Her jewelry and her protection is her khaya and her chastity. This has not in any way demeaned or belittled the maqam and status which Allah has given women. What status Allah has given women? Allah has made her mother on the one side. Imam Shafi, rahimahullah, great scholar of Islam. One day his mother is kissing his feet. So he becomes embarrassed. Thousands of students he has. One, sorry, one day he is kissing the feet of his mother. She becomes embarrassed. Her son has thousands of students. So she says, what are you doing? So he said, I am not kissing your feet. I am kissing my jannat. Why? Because Rasulullah sallallahu said, He said, if you want to find Jannat, you will find it underneath the feet of your mother. As a wife, Islam has not demeaned a woman or has reduced her role. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, the most beloved to me, the most beloved to me, and the one who will be closest to me on the day of judgment is the one who will treat his family the best. Bring up, bring up ten sons, bring up ten sons. And Islam, Nabi Islam has not promised you that you will be with him in Jannat. Or your Jannat is not guaranteed on that. Yet he said, bring up one, rewire three daughters, then two daughters, then even one daughter. Bring up one daughter where you treat her correctly, etc. And he said, you will be with me in Jannat. So Islam has not demeaned the role of a woman. Today, under the name of so-called like we said, gender equality, keeping up with the times, etc. Such an effort of batil, such an effort of bekhayai, such an environment of bekhayai has overtaken the ummah. That today when they want to sell a washing machine, they show you a picture of a naked woman. They want to sell a chocolate, they show you a picture of a naked woman. They want to sell a loaf of bread, they show you a picture of, shake of a naked woman. This is not elevating women, this is demeaning them. Allah has given her role inside the home. She is the queen of the house. And Allah has given the women of this ummah that maqam, that status, that responsibility. That ulama say that if it were told to them to move mountains, it would be easier than the role and responsibility which Allah has given the women of this ummah. And what is that role and responsibility? That she is the first madrasa of the ummah. The Junaid Baghdadis and Rabia Basris of tomorrow, illa mashallah, are not going to come from the men. It's going to come from the women, from the lap of the mother. If she will fulfill the great responsibility which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon her shoulders. 
this drive or this culture to break down these barriers, take women out of the home, make them into so-called breadwinners, take them out of the home, bring them into the commercial marketplace, etc. This has in fact destroyed the very structure of a family. And this is why we find that in the West today, suicide rate is soaring. Broken homes is the order of the day. Instability is the order of the day. Women don't, no longer want to become mothers. They have to worry about now population, how to increase the population. Certain countries are opening the door to immigration, etc., to try to address these imbalances. All these problems that they are facing, what is behind it? In fact, the stability, mental stability of children has been affected to such an extent. I remember a few years ago, I met a psychiatrist in England. So he was referring, so he, he started talking and he said that, you know what, referring to a friend of his who is in America who is a child psychiatrist. So the question was asked that do children need psychiatric treatment? Do children need psychiatric treatment? He said, my friend in America, if you phone his surgery to get an appointment, the next available appointment is three years' time. What is behind this? this the entire structure of society has crumbled. When, when we challenged the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way of life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa these rules or these principles of haya, shame, lowering the gaze, the role of the male, role of the female, etc. These Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept not only for the protection, the preservation of our deen, the preservation of our iman, the preservation of our in integrity. Allah give us the fix one.